morning. We are so glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. Uh, First, we are beginning a new message series on monsters that lurk in the dark. So in this season of Halloween, when we see Halloween and ghouls and goblins everywhere, we as a faith community are going to talk about the things that lurk in the darkness of our own lives. They're called the seven deadly sins. Do me a favor this morning. Clap if you have ever heard of the concept of seven deadly sins. If you have a Catholic tradition especially, these are a very big deal. And in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about where they came from, what they are, and we're going to talk about what it means, what sin means. And today we are going to deal with the seventh deadliest sin of lust. It is supposedly the least harmful, although that's fascinating because in today's society, it seems like sexual desire is one of the things that we focus on the most. It sells things, it promotes things. But this morning, I want to show you two images that may evoke some lust in you. So uh, take a look. First, we're going to have a male image. Notice how buff and, and handsome. This is probably the most fun you'll ever have at church is looking at the, the male image. And now I want you to take a look at the female image. And now this is the exact antithesis of both of those. Thank you. I tried to uh, evoke lust this morning. I will confess to you as a pastor, as a, as a girl, I, I don't, I've never talked with men pastors about, hey, let's talk about when you preach on lust. But, you know, it, it was uncomfortable for me. Uh, so, therefore, you know... Uh, I started worrying about what I wear, you know, all those kinds of things. And I thought, you know, I'll just go the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, this probably evokes no uh, (laughs) desires, especially Scott informed me of that, my husband, as I walked in. And I said, you married me, so therefore, here's what you get. Seven deadly sins. They're serious. They're a serious topic. Now, In our tradition, we're United Methodist, we believe that sin is sin is sin is sin is sin, and there's no ranking of sins. And so in just a second, we're going to talk about the definition of sin and what that means. But first, I want to tell you why we're doing a series, a message series on sin. And if you're worshiping with us online this morning, we extend a very special welcome to you. And if you're worshiping with us for the first time, uh, at West, we do things differently. We do anything that will make a point. So hopefully, Hopefully, uh, you'll remember this and be grossed out, you know, the next time you, you find your mind straying. That's what sin is, the sin of lust. You see, we do not believe as followers of Christ that sexual desire is a bad thing. It's actually very biblical. It starts with Adam and Eve, and then you have another Old Testament figure, sort of like the father of religion, father of three religions, Abraham and Sarah. There's a verse in the scripture that says, and then he pleasured her. That means they actual had sexual relations. She got pregnant, had a baby. And then the Song of Solomon is a book also in the Old Testament, and it is all about desire and gratification. So I want us to understand as a group this morning that there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with sexual desire when it's healthy. Lust is when it isn't healthy. 
that's taking that desire to an extreme and wanting that gratification. I want you to picture in your mind uh, a cute little furry mouse for just a second. I've shared with you before that last winter we had some cute little furry friends that existed with us in the West office. We tried several different ways of getting rid of them. Um, Matt, our associate at the time, so lovingly and kindly took that over from me because I just could not bring myself to rid the mouse traps of the mice. And so uh, one of the other solutions we came up with was that, that sticky glue kind of trap. Have you ever seen those? And you put those down and then you know what happens with the mouse when it's, it's nearing the lure? It goes up and it, it finds that bait and it steps on that sticky tape and it's stuck. The more the mouse tries to get off of the tape, the worse it gets. That's sort of like the sin of lust. Those pictures we showed up on the screen just a few minutes ago, they were, they were relatively innocent. We, as a human species, appreciate beauty. We had a beautiful man and a beautiful woman. But what happens when we start to obsess about that beauty? It's sort of like that mouse on the sticky tape. We start looking at it, and it becomes more than just admiration. It becomes unhealthy desire. And then that turns into lots of things, an addiction to pornography, affairs. Lust is, is real. It gets us into trouble. Now, at West, we are a church that really... We don't ever want you to leave feeling beat up or lesser than. So therefore, as we go through this message series on the seven deadly sins, my hope is that as the pastor, I will point them out so that we're aware of them. Sometimes combating something is just being aware that it exists. And then hopefully at the end of the message, I will point out a counter way to handle it or to think. This morning, I have a couple of different scripture passages that I want to share with you. The first one is taken from the book of Romans chapter 7, and it is written by the Apostle Paul. He is one of the most notorious religious figures. He is uh, known for writing a lot of the New Testament. He started churches, and they were successful. And here are are some words that this renowned theologian, this man so deep in his faith, said about his own life after he had this Jesus aha experience. Paul said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do is what I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good As it is, it is no longer I myself, though, who does it, but it's sin living in me. Lust is a sin. So, before Sweet Signatures comes up in just a few minutes and leads in music, that is Brie Marino, one of of West's own young adults from Elon. She's bringing her singing group. Um, I'm going to show you what sin means. 
First of all, the Greek word for sin you're going to see on the screen. This is the Greek word. If, if you learn anything from West, please learn this word and what it means. Because in our world today, we get into trouble when we start trying to define sin for one another and in, in large groups of people and religious groups. The Greek word is hamartia, and it means missing the mark and thus not receiving the prize. Missing the mark and not receiving the prize. So the word came during a time where archery was practiced. And so actually the word hamartia is traced back to archery. And I decided that I would not hurt anyone this morning by trying to use, or especially Lance, trying to use a bow and an arrow. So I'm going to use just some random objects this morning that I found uh, the rubber chicken is sort of like the West mascot, showing that anybody is welcome, all means all, especially, see, you see this. Nobody looked shocked this morning that, you know, somebody came in curlers. So all people are welcome. So that's our first symbol. But hamartia, sin, is when they would be doing archery and they would draw back the string and then when they would let it go, they would miss the mark. That is what sin means. And over and over and over, (laughs) thank you, Lance, over and over and over again is what gets us into trouble. (laughs) Sort of like a whale like that. Hamartia, sin, is when we miss the mark. So I ask you this morning, Just as I ask myself, where do we miss the mark in our own desires, in our sexual desires? Where do we become obsessed with them? Where do we focus on them too much? That's something I want you to ponder for a few minutes as we listen to these songs. Take it. 
so blessed that they were able and lucky that they were able to be with us this morning. Is this better? Don't say no. I mean, that would cause me to have some other issues. Uh, Lust. It's when we have a deep desire for something and we take that desire too far. A deep desire for someone, it starts, you know, really small and then grows and grows and grows. Jesus had some things to say about lust. He didn't really call it lust, though. He, ta- he called it adultery, you know, when you violate a covenant that you have with someone else that you're not in a covenant relationship with. He said, when you look at someone with lust in, in your eye, then you've already committed adultery. So it's, it's a pretty big deal. What if lust is more than just when we yearn for someone What if lust is when we yearn for something? We were joking out in the hall just a few minutes ago and uh, joking about how much longer the sermon would be. And I said, it actually won't be much longer. I don't have a lot to say about lust. I've been married to the same man for 22 years. And Scott's like, what? That's funny. He didn't think it was funny either, neither did Steve and Rob. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, I don't lust necessarily after other people. I love Scott. I love my spouse. Lust and love are very different. Lust is when we yearn for something for immediate physical gratification or someone or something So then they pose the question for me, do you lust after a Ferrari maybe? Not a person, but something. Now, Ferraris do nothing for me. But I'd love to have just any convertible or a better boat, nicer home, nicer furnishings in my home. You know, you can lust after people, And you can lust after things. So what happens then when we start to do that? You know, the seven deadly sins originated, and this is so interesting. It wasn't a bunch of religious people that got together and said, oh, let's come up with this list of things that come in between us and experiencing the love and the power of God. It came from a monk in a monastery. Now, a monk is a man that has given his entire life to celibacy. And he, this one, was living in a monastery, secluded, and he started noticing these things that would go on in his mind and in his heart, and he started to write about them, these desires that he had, greed, thoughts that he had around being prideful, Uh, yearnings that became overwhelming so that they were gluttonous. Wrath that he would feel, anger that he would feel, or lust. Those are just a few of the seven deadly sins that they wrote down in this monastery. And then Pope Gregory I made them official for the church. Why? Why come up with a list of sins? Because you cannot Google seven deadly sins in the scripture and find a list of them anywhere in the Old Testament or the New Testament, but you will find examples all throughout. 
Well, they brought them to light and to life because you see awareness thwarts the negativity and the sin and the missing the mark. Go back to the hula hoop image for just a second. So you have this target and then you know, you're pulling your, your bow back and you're trying to let the arrow go so that it hits the bull's eye. And when it misses, it misses the mark. Well, that path is God. I want you to think of that path from where you let it go to where it hits the target as being God. When you miss the mark, you fall away from being in God. Now, we understand that God is not some old man sitting on a throne far, far away. God's something very, very different. God is a a presence, a, a mystical deity, a divine, a love that lives in each of us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that was embodied for us through this person, Jesus Christ. So when you miss the mark, we're missing living in God. And that's when we start to stray. It starts little, and then the more we do it, the bigger and the bigger and the bigger it gets, and then the more inward we become, and pretty soon, before we realize that we're not in that path that leads us to love and leads us to life at all. That's why they're called deadly sins, and that's why we are phrasing them as monsters that lurk in the dark. They live in each of us, whether we like it or not. So maybe you don't lust after people, but maybe you lust after things or, or status or power. There's lots of monsters that lurk in our dark. So the question is, how do we combat them and, and what do we do with them? Well, the answer to how we combat them, I think, is, is pretty simple. It's the word remember. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. We are all created in the image of the divine. We're all created in the image of love. So when we remember who we are, we remember that we're special, that we're created for something special. And we should live a life that is full of love and full of joy. And when we become mired in the darkness, it takes away that joy and that happiness and that love. So remember who you are and remember whose you are. As followers of Christ, which I hope that you are, as followers of the way, remember, he hung out with the sexually impure. He hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with the sinners. But he never said, you know what, it's all good. Just go do whatever. He would always say, no, no, no. You need to change. You need to, you need to get back on the path. You need to repent. That means to turn. To turn and go the other way. Go in the way that leads you to life. So how does that apply to lust? Okay. We are created to be in relationship with one another. And although the program Sister Wives, have you ever seen that? Clap if you've seen that program. It's, I'm fascinated with it, actually. It's this man, and he has all these wives 
Seems very complicated to me, but we are created to be in monogamous relationships with one another, one person with another person, in a covenant relationship. So what happens when we start giving in to that feeling of lust, when we start admiring the beauty of someone else and then, and then wanting that beauty? I mean, you saw what Scott Smith wakes up to every morning. I mean, I wish it weren't that far. I wish it were so far from his reality. But really, it's not. I'm a 45-year-old woman. I am not what I looked like when he first met me. Lust is dangerous when we start desiring gratification physically from things that, that aren't ours to be in relationship with. That's why porn is such a huge industry, you know. We, we don't find ourselves satisfied with this, so then we go over to this. And it starts out, you know, like, oh, well, it's just, it's just a magazine or it's just one look. And then you find yourself wanting to look again and again and again. Ashley Madison, did you hear about that? The website that, you know, is created to help people have affairs. In my email, I always get different emails from different pastor groups or religious magazines and stuff. And uh, one Friday, the subject line was, my pastor was on James, or Ashley Madison. James Madison was a president. Sorry. <laughs> you impressed that I know some history? My pastor was outed by Ashley Madison. Well, I clicked on the article. I was fascinated by that. And it was this article about all these churches that had come forward because their pastors were on the Ashley Madison list. That was shocking to me. But you know what? It just goes to show how dangerous the monsters that lurk in the dark are for all of us. None of us are oblivious to them. Not even me. So for the next uh, six weeks, we're going to talk about the things that get in the way of us staying in the path that leads to love and leads to life. I don't imagine that they'll be fun weeks, but they're real. And I believe if we become aware of these things like lust and then we remember who we are and remember whose we are, we can fight against those desires and those urges. But if you don't and if you mess up, remember this. When Jesus, who embodied for us God, love, when Jesus was born, right before he was born, the angels that would go to Mary and Joseph and reveal this good news that was getting ready to be born for all the world, they said, you are to name him Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. And he is coming to save all, all from their sins. And it's exactly what he did. He came and he lived. And he walked with the very people that society scorned. The sinners. 
the, the money mongrels, the prostitutes, the people who had multiple, multiple, multiple sexual relationships. That's who he had dinner with, and that's who he said, I am here for you to release you from these things. And then he showed us how to do that by death to those own desires in himself all the way to the end. Grace abounds because Jesus gave that gift to us. So there's nothing that you can do. There's no darkness that you can get too mired in that you are past living in the light of Christ. Always know that. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are the one who saves us from the times that we miss the mark. We're going to miss the mark over and over and over again, but you're always there pulling us back into that light and that life. God, help us to see how it is that we need to bring change inwardly in ourselves so that we may live the life that we are created to live, a life that is full of love and joy and peace. We're all going to miss the mark. But we can miss the mark knowing that you are there pulling us back. Forgive us of those times that we miss it. And God, accept us always into your love. We offer ourselves to you knowing that you do indeed save. Again, thank you for you guys being here in worship and leading us uh, through music this morning. They are going to be outside, and they have their CD for sale, and they're giving half to missions. And so thank you guys for being willing to do that. Give them another hand. And now I don't want you to avoid church for the next six weeks because we're going to talk about some uncomfortable things. We'll always take a funny look at it and then we'll explore a little deeper in our lives because you see, walking in the way that leads to life means that we confront the monsters that lurk in the dark and they lurk in the dark for each of us. But may you go in the knowledge and the grace and the peace of knowing that we do worship and follow a God who saves. Go in peace.